he adjusted and found the ball and made the catch and kept his feet in bounds and finished the play. I, I looked at whoever I was with, Dalvin or Adam, as we were kind of moving up the field. I said, 18 can play. Uh, that's not easy to do. So, yeah, are we going to build trust over time? Yes, we're going to build trust. But uh, some of the things he's doing is just there, there is no trust. It's just raw ability, and you're putting the ball out there and hoping, believing that, uh, that he's going to be able to make it happen. Yeah, Kirk, Kirk Cousins discovering that Justin Jefferson can play a little football. Translation there, cheers to Justin Jefferson breaking out. As a rookie, cheers a little Corona hard seltzer. You Declan. know, I, I wasn't sure if it was just the half dozen Corona seltzers I was in this weekend, but I'm pretty sure the Tropical Lime looked at me and he goes, you know this Declan guy? He can play. He can play. He, he gets it. He really gets and it. And you he said, Tropical Lime, why didn't you know that before? Yeah, you know, I, I, took a look at, I took a look at my buddy and I said, this guy can play. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> Listen, Tropical Lime, if you would have realized that in week two, <laughs> yeah. might be two and two right now. Yeah, that's right. It's crazy. Uh, Corona Hard Seltzer is the only hard seltzer with Pure Beach vibes with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as Tropical Lime, Mango, Cherry, and Blackberry Lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment in each can. Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer. Spike sparkling water with natural flavors imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois. Football. I think sustaining drives was a big part of that. Um, again, running the football effectively is a big part of that. You know, we were able to put together longer drives, and, and our defense got off the field on several occasions, which also helped us have more opportunities. So certainly I think it helped to control the ball as much as we did. Yeah, Kirk Cousins talking about time of possession being in the Vikings' favor for once here, especially this last week when you compare back to like that Packers game in week one where they had the ball for like 18 minutes or whatever whatever it was. It was just an absurdly low time of possession. This is Purple Daily, Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad, Declan Goff producing, and every Wednesday we dive into our State of Kirk Cousins discussion powered by our friends at Corona Hard Seltzer. And I've got, with Seattle on the horizon, I've got a little comparison for you guys, Seahawks, Vikings, and the impact of the quarterback. But a quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company. If you're a business owner, Federated has been helping Minnesota business owners since 1904. They are one of us. They're based in Owatonna. You can follow them on Twitter, at Federated INS, for fresh, relevant risk management content on a variety of topics like working in extreme temperatures, distracted driving, and more. So... Uh, check it out at Federated INS on Twitter and the website is federatedinsurance.com if you want to find out how Federated can help you at Federated Insurance. It's our business to protect yours. How are you guys feeling about, uh, before we dive into the, the deep, deep state of Kirk Cousins here, the deep state, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> um, Thanks. How'd you, how'd you feel about him on Sunday? Play action game was on point, made some of his best throws. Of the, that back shoulder throw to Justin Jefferson was a great catch, but also just a smart, great throw mm-hmm. on the sidelines there. So before we do our deep dive, your your thoughts on his performance last week. If the infrastructure surrounding him is there and the opponent is bad enough, I think he's just fine. But, I mean, he still was cousins. He still made uh, baffling decisions at times. He took some sacks that he shouldn't have. He then, as soon as I think the fan base said, Kirk, what are you doing? You're screwing up. Said, oh, here, no, I'll show you now. I, I thought it was a... So negative. Uh, no, I thought that this was as um, as close to basically the blueprint for a Cousins game as you can possibly get. The 
Surrounding environment was perfect. The opponent was bad. Dalvin Cook was unbelievable. Fantastic, right? Um, you know what's really weird, guys? And, I mean, this surprises me because, you know, when I saw him play, I was like, he's not that, that good. Justin Jefferson can play football. Mm, did you know that? I, you know, I mean, boy, let's see here. Week one, should I have trusted him more? Maybe. <laughs> no. here, here's the soundbite one more time. Just, yeah. He adjusted and found the ball and made the catch and kept his feet in bounds and finished the play. I I looked at whoever I was with, Dalvin or Adam, as we were kind of moving up the field. I said, 18 can play. <laughs> yes. Okay, does that? Yes, he can. <laughs> Am I the only person that quote drives crazy? Because to me, that's the most cousins like condescending. I'm good, and and you have to prove yourself to me. No, dude, you're not good enough to not say, "Hum, I think 18 can play. Therefore, I'm going to get him the ball, and I'm going to scheme." Like, eight, I don't think eight, 18 might be better at his craft than he's better than 19. Well, I was gonna say than eight. Well, he is, yes. But the point being is, I think on. I think when you got done with your training camp practices, okay, my guess, Coop seems, I think Oops. we can all agree on this, Coop seems to be a level-headed guy who probably listens to his quarterback, right? Wouldn't you have gone in and been like, Coops, it's Tuesday, game planning day. What can we do with 18? Because he can really play. Like, I'm probably bugged too much. Did you try much. to rhyme that? No. No, but I, I do ha- have a career in rap coming up very shortly. But... <laughs> I'm probably bugged too much by it, but it's almost as if Cousin sounds like Montana or Young talking about this young receiver. No, dude, 18 might be the the biggest offensive weapon ultimately that the 2020 Vikings have, for all I know. I think you're being a little, as a guy who's been probably harder on Kirk Cousins than maybe even you have on the show, I think you're being a little hard on him with that soundbite. I, th- right. I think it was more him, I don't think it was him I don't think it was showing like a negative side of his person. I think it was just he's kind of he's he's trying to connect with the media and like oh this guy can I said to Dalvin like this guy can play. And, uh, I would have liked the quote to have been I'm lucky to have 18. I was I was talking to Mackie <laughs> the other day and I told him this Judd Zolgad you know he he could bring some takes he's he got some it. takes yeah. he's got he gets it. <laughs> I'm fortunate to work with Judd. You see that's yeah. what I'd like to hear. Uh, okay, I'm fortunate to have Justin Jefferson. All right. Well, anyway, I I want to. I want to bring up something here, and this is this exercise that I want to go through here with you guys is not meant to be like a rag on Kirk uh, session. It's meant to highlight the value of elite quarterbacks. All right, so I just want I want to I want to draw that line here that this is with Russell Wilson and Kirk Cousins squaring off this weekend. I just want to illustrate something. Because these are deep dives into Cousins. Kirk Cousins is the most important, influential player on the roster. He's the one that touches the ball the most often, gets paid the most money. And so, you know, he's under when when people comment to us, well, I mean, why don't you pick on this thing over here? It's like, well, okay, if LeBron James has a bad game and Kentavious Caldwell Pope has a bad game. Guess who gets the most attention? It's the most important player on the roster, right? Caldwell Pope. I kill him every time. So the Vikings play the Seahawks on Sunday night, and and the Seahawks, to me, are such a perfect current example in the NFL of what you can overcome as a team when you have a quarterback as great and elite as Russell Wilson. And, again, this is not meant to be a huge knock on Cousins, who I think played really well last week, and – since I went on a rant after week two and like was all in on the tank for Trevor Bandwagon, which I still am, um, he you know he has at least gotten his play in the right direction. He's finding Justin Jefferson. That's a good thing. 
But here's a fun little tale of the tape. And let's see where we land at the end of this exercise. Okay. These are just like the flaws of the Seahawks and the Vikings. Defensively, both Seattle and the Vikings are getting gashed on the defensive side of the ball this year. Okay. More than six yards per play allowed for each team. Mm-hmm. And Seattle's actually been war. The Vikings are like 6.1 yards allowed. The Seahawks are like 6.5. Their defense is just getting gashed. Neither team is getting pressure on the quarterback on a regular basis. They both have like five or six sacks or something on the season. And uh, and both defenses are allowing over eight yards per attempt through the air, which is not good. That's, that's Yeah, so far you've... Do, do the math at all. on that, uh, working out... The negative track you're yep. on. So both defenses, kind of a disaster this year. Pass protection, offensive line, both teams have been mostly a disaster in this area the last couple of years. The Seahawks have been a little better this year than the Vikings, according to Pro Football Focus, but... Both teams have allowed around 40 pressures each through the first month of the season. Seattle throws the ball more, so their pressure rate is a little bit better than the Vikings. But uh, but both teams have allowed 40 or so pressures this season so far. All right, mm-hmm. So pass protection, an issue. Injuries, okay? Both the Seahawks and the Vikings have dealt with starters and regular contributors out for the season. Daniel Hunter probably out for the season. Mike Hughes has been injured for the Vikings. Seattle's missing Bruce Irvin. ACL, uh, starting cornerback Marquise Blair, ACL, and also Jamal Adams hurt his groin in week three and then missed last week, might miss more games. That's so both teams yep. have had major injuries. All right. So, so both defenses are getting gashed. Both offensive lines have combined to allow 80 pressures this season and both have suffered key injuries to starters. So the okay? records are about the same then. Well, that's the point that we should dig on. I'm sorry to ruin your no, no, no. mojo there. I'm glad I just you did. couldn't help myself. I'm glad you did. Because one of these teams is on a short list of favorites to win the Super Bowl, and the other one is talking about draft positioning. Yeah. Sorry to be like Captain Reality here, but we get a lot of questions and a lot of like when we when we critique and criticize Kirk, we get a lot of flack from I think I think the fan base is kind of split fifty fifty. It's like, well, why are you being so hard on him? He throws for four thousand yards. The Seahawks defense and the Vikings defense, both train wrecks. Both offensive lines are are having a hard time protecting their quarterback the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Both have key injuries. Well, you'd think that they both be kind of in a, in a similar boat. No, one of them is like the second best team in the NFL. And the other one is maybe going to go 5-11 and 11 if they don't get things turned around here. And so some people might say, well, what about coaching, though? I mean, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is just like a better coach than Mike Zimmer. Well, I would say, would you guys agree? Pete Carroll is probably like if you had to take either Pete Carroll or Mike Zimmer, you'd probably take Pete Carroll. Like that's probably fair. Yeah, it's fair. He's a Super Bowl winner, but he also won a Super Bowl in large part because he had Russell Wilson. Right. Pete Carroll, without Russell Wilson in his head coaching career that goes back to the Patriots and the Jets <laughs> in a couple of years with the Seahawks, is forty-seven and forty-nine. Yep. Mike Zimmer, without an elite quarterback ever in his head coaching career, is fifty-eight and forty-one. Yeah, I'm no, I don't know that Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll is well-liked, I think, by his players, and, and I think he does uh, cultivate a culture that is really smart, but X's and O's on game day, I don't know that Zim wouldn't be the preferable one, because they're both, keep in mind, two defensive guys. Look, I mean, the smartest thing that the Seahawks franchise ever did, and it took guts, and it would be difficult to do, and I think you can say this with confidence, the Vikings on their best day in their best year wouldn't have had the guts to do it was what? They signed Matt Flynn, right? Yeah. Who, who had that huge 
last game, and I don't recall the season, but he got put in for Rodgers, I believe, in a meaningless game against the Lions Six at Lambeau. Had an unbelievable <laughs> game, and he became the you know hot free agent backup QB. Yeah, and Seattle doubled down. They signed him, and they're like, "We got our guy." And then they got to what the third round of the next draft in April, and Russell Wilson is sitting there, and they're like, "Screw it, we'll take him." And then they saw him in training camp, and this is where the difference is. Because I can say there is no doubt in my mind that if the Vikings had signed a free agent, even backup previously quarterback, and drafted a QB, if they did that. They never make that change. They do not have the guts. They can't, they do not go to the people that owned the team, in this case the Wilfs, and say, you know all that cash you spent on Matt Flynn? Well, too bad because we drafted this kid. So <laughs> I, I will give uh, um, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the GM of the Seahawks, I will give them complete credit for that move because that's the one move that I really believe a lot of teams would not have made. Yeah. That took guts. And that's kind of sad because it's if you if – you, you make one decision, which is Matt Flynn. We're going to give Matt Flynn money because we think he can be something. And that's your first subset of data. And then another subset of data comes in because the draft is after free agency. And you bring Russell Wilson in. And then you go through offseason camps. You're like, oh, this guy's a leader. Whoa, this guy's got some mobility. Yep. Okay. Interesting. All right. How much money did we guarantee Matt Flynn? Like if, if you have more information come in, mm-hmm. it shouldn't it shouldn't just be that, well, I mean, we already have this. This thing, it's a sunk cost at that point. You already paid for Matt Flynn. So uh, I would add to this discussion, too, if you want to keep going with the tale of tape, you know, and defense is kind of a disaster for both, and offensive line's been a problem, and injuries and stuff. Weapons? Now, Seattle's got a couple really good wide receivers in Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, but I would actually take the Vikings offensive skill position players over the Seahawks. I would take Dalvin oh, Cook, Justin com- Jefferson, and Thielen. Agree completely. Yeah. So they, so they, the Vikings actually have an advantage yes. in that major category over Seattle, and um, I, I just think if to put a bow on this Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson thing, the goal of this exercise is not to say the Vikings should go get Russell Wilson. Like I know that there's all, there's like four of them in the NFL: Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and the current version of Aaron Rodgers. I think what I and what we are saying is don't ever confuse the level Kirk Cousins is on and the level that some of these other guys are on and the fact that you're paying them similar money makes it so hard to be on that level. Yes. That's the discussion. And that's and that to me is what this this uh conversation until the day the Cousins walks out the door here or is shown that door. That's the discussion. It's not that Kirk Cousins is not good. He is good. It's when you eat up that much of the cap space. And so now what? Now I can't go and sign a guard. Or in my mind, I, I can't, okay? Unfortunately, and this isn't even fair, but unfortunately, the Kirk Cousinses of the world have to make up for the deficiency that they actually is that's actually going to hurt them. But because I'm paying you so much, can you make up for, can you buy yourself more time? Can you scramble more? Yeah. And the answer in Cousins' case is no. But but that's where that's where it gets to be. That's where the dynamic here of this entire decision becomes such an interesting topic. It's how far can you push that quarterback salary if the quarterback is not going to Canton, basically, automatically? How far can you push that and take away pieces that he actually could use or needs? Yeah. And then tell him... Kirk, I'm sorry, but it's up to you to make up for these because we can't afford that guard. Yeah, you've brought up such a compelling paradox, and the Vikings aren't the only team that struggle with this. You know, there there's a 
pretty long list of non-elite quarterbacks that are making elite quarterback money because there's, I was, I was going to say there's like two tiers of quarterback money. I think a third tier has now been created, and it's not a middle tier. It's like the super quarterback tier. So you've got the... You've got the Pat Mahomes and when now Deshaun Watson's contract kicks in in like 2022 where they're making like 40, 45 million. And then you've got franchise quarterback tier, which is between 27 and 33 million or something. And then you've got rookie contract backup tier. There is no middle tier. And Kirk Cousins, and there's probably eight or nine guys that if there was a middle tier of quarterback salaries, you would absolutely be more comfortable signing those guys like. Oh, you, you're telling me I can get Jared Goff for like 15 million instead of 30 million? Like, yeah, I'll, I'd sign up for that for sure, especially on a second uh, contract. Uh, but the paradox you bring up is that when you sign that contract, and hey, if someone's offering you 30 million dollars a year, you ain't going to say no, right? right. Like, yeah. you're going to say yes. When someone offers you that contract, it creates deficiencies elsewhere on the roster that have to be sacrificed, and you are unable to overcome those deficiencies because you aren't good enough. Yes. And that's the problem. And that's that's right. that's going to be the conversation that continues and why you know when when we talk about like Trey Lance or like I was talking to somebody on Twitter last night about Trey Lance like you really think he's going to be a star? I don't know. But I know that he's not going to make 33 million dollars so, for at least 5 years and so, it's easier to build the rest of my roster. And he might be a star. So back to what the Seahawks did. And this this is taking it to the next step of the thought process because this takes guts, okay. And I, I believe, Phil, your theory, rightfully so, has always been when it comes to quarterbacks, shoot your shots, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just take them. Take them, and if they're good, that's great. If they're not, but like Wilson, he's a perfect example. Third-round pick, right? Where this gets to be interesting, though, is then do you have the GM and the coach and the offensive staff who are willing to pivot? And this is what the Seahawks did. They are willing to pivot and say, we think on Matt Flynn, we made a grave mistake. Fortunately, because we shot our shot, we've got an answer. And now we don't know. Russell Wilson might turn out to be the guy that he is today, but he might have turned out to be okay. But they basically pivoted immediately, immediately. And said, all right, this we consider this to be an upgrade on the guy that we just paid. And yeah. th- and that's where the conversation, though, takes a turn. And this is where a guy like Pete Carroll is very good. Being open-minded enough to say, we're going to pay Flynn a lot. And you know what? We were probably wrong. And we're going to immediately fix it because people in football hate that. Like, if they pay you, they do not want to turn around and be like, whoa, did we screw that up? But sometimes... Sometimes the best leaders in that situation are the ones that can say, "You're right. I got to move off this mistake. Yes, I just I have to get off this." And 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 so I think you know maybe where we got into with this conversation is that the the indictment was never signing Kirk Cousins. Like I think I think it was the right move three years ago, and he continues to be a good, not great quarterback. He's like because of Kirk Cousins, the Vikings aren't going to be able to tank for Trevor Lawrence because they're just not like Kirk Cousins has never been a four and twelve quarterback. He's always been just good enough to get you to here, but not good enough to get you to that next point unless everything else is perfect around him. And what I find funny about this whole conversation is we rip the Packers for drafting Jordan Love because they, in the short term, aren't helping Aaron Rodgers. And I will say that when you have Aaron Rodgers, you should be, especially when he's like 35, 36 years old, you should be looking to put a Justin Jefferson on his team so that he can win a Super Bowl. But the Packers shot their shot. When they had Brett Favre, 
they shot their shot with Aaron Rodgers, and when they have Aaron Rodgers, they shot their shot with Jordan Love, mm-hmm. and so they're like they've just got guys, and they even like during the Brett Favre era, they had they had they had secondary guys that they were kind of grooming, like like Matt Hasselbeck was a backup, Mark Brunel, yeah, right? They had some good backups for Brett Favre, and so you can rip the Packers for wasting draft picks to help their current team, but you can't rip them for not shooting their shot with the most important position in the NFL. The Vikings have Sean freaking Mannion as a backup. All right, and I'm not sitting here Kirk trying to take shots at Mannion, but doesn't like competition, you know that. But like, maybe the bigger rip, maybe it's not as much of a rip on like why is Kirk Cousins the starting quarterback. Maybe the bigger rip is why wouldn't you have like a developmental guy that you're? Where's your Gardner Minshew? In their as mind, a backup, it's it's the the kid on the practice squad, Jake Browning. That's in their mind, that's the guy. Okay, so he is there, but he's on the practice squad. Correct. Why is he not their backup? Because they don't now because they don't trust him. Now it's it's gone above my pay grade. Exceeded my paper. If he was time. like, if he was a I legit threat to enter an NFL game and like not be a train wreck, wouldn't he? Well, just this be your is the problem about Kirk, though. Kirk doesn't like that, and they adhere to it. Oh, you're not. I don't disagree. You're mm. right, but they don't. They don't want Kirk to have a guy breathing down his neck because I think they know that if they do that, Kirk probably gets worse. Like this is all a mental game, but. You know, if you were, if you're the Vikings right now, you should have a very good plan and be taking your shots at saying who is going to replace Kirk. And yeah, I, you know what? I think you're right. I think in a perfect world where Kirk wouldn't feel threatened, I bet you there's a fighting chance at least that Browning is his backup. But Mannion's a stabilizer, right? Like he's just there and he's not going to be threatening. And I guess he can go in and hand off a little bit. But yeah, the, the Vikings, I think Rick Spielman's done some good things. So I don't want the following statement to be construed as he stinks because he doesn't. I think if we were to deconstruct how the Vikings think organizationally and where egos come into play, Phil, I think there's a very interesting conversation to be had about thought processes and open-mindedness. How about that for a fair statement? That's probably fair. Also, like you just sort of, you know, you gave Rick the sort of backhanded compliment of like, I think he's good, right? I mean, and and what you just said about Rick is sort of the problem with the Vikings if your goal is to win a Super Bowl and that there's a lot of good, not great. Their quarterback's good, not great. Their GM's good, not great. Their coach is good, not great. I mean, there's a lot of good, not great. Their offensive line is pretty bad. It's not great, right? It's their Their defense has gone from great to good to something less than good. It's a lot of good... And the only greatness is like individual performers here and there. Harrison Smith is great. Daniel Hunter is great. The sum of the parts is upside good. And this year, less less than good. So that's your that's your state of Kirk Cousins here this week on Purple Daily, presented by Corona Hard Seltzer. Hey, you held him at twenty points, man. You gave us a chance at the end. But I got three words for you. You like that? Yeah! And now it's time for our weekly pigskin pecking order here. Gentlemen, Dex, if you could do us the honors and fire up some appropriate music here. This is where we rank 1 through 10 or 10 through 1, if you want to start from the bottom, the top 10 teams in the NFL. Did the Vikings getting on the board put them in the top 10 for you guys? Oh, you spoiled it for me. Probably not. Right in the middle for me. (laughs) All right, we'll start with Judd Zolgad's pigskin pecking order. All right. Pigskin pecking order number five, I, I believe, as we get set for uh, week five, 10 to one. Number 10, jumping into the rankings, the team that beat the Vikings in week two, the Indianapolis Colts at three and one. 
I'm beginning to believe. I mean, it's your guy at quarterback, yeah, Mackie. Right. So don't talk about my guy, Rivers. I mean, I really didn't think that I I w- would have his his team, no matter who that was, in my uh, pecking order again. But he he and the Colts are number ten, number nine, jumping into the rankings for the first time. But I think they deserve it. The Cleveland Browns are three and one. Yep, they're mine. They haven't. I don't they're think they've mine. been. I don't think they've been. You know, four weeks in, they they've got. They're fun, man. They're a red zone darling. They're fun. They got some skill position players. I need a little more. Okay, that's fine. Need a little more. That's fine. Number eight, staying put. The Los Angeles Rams at three and one. You know what? The division's pretty good. I think they're I think they're back to being just good. Like I think I don't think that they're a great team, but I think that they're a very solid team. Last year was a step back. I think this is probably a step to being where they belong at three and one. So the Rams are eight. Number seven, the team that you were shocked I didn't have in last week has entered my pigskin pecking order with a bang. <laughs> Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at three and one. How about that comeback? Yeah. Vintage Tom Brady. Well, the pick six, there. the pick six, I darn near texted Dex and like, see, he is washed <laughs> up. And then he came back and threw five touchdown passes. Is that right? I think he's bored. I think he just does that on purpose now. It's like, all right, I'm going to. I'm going to see if I can get down by three touchdowns here and, and have some fun in the second half. Number six in my, in my rankings, moving up one spot, and it's tough here. The, the top six here are jumbled. It's very, very tough. It's a race. It's neck and neck. The Packers. Packers look damn good. I give them credit. They played teams that are very suspect, so I'm not completely sold yet, mm-hmm. but, but I, I thought they were so – you know what? They're dismantling I thought, these teams. And mm-hmm. I thought – and I thought – you know, after 13 wins last season and the start of this year, I'm like, I don't know. The Falcons had no chance. The Falcons were never in that game. Number five, holding steady after not playing last week, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. Number four, up two spots. The team that the Vikings would like to be, but they're not. But their former uh, wide receiver is there. Stefan Diggs and the Buffalo Bills are number four, four and oh. Wow. Number three, I still think they're good, despite the fact that they lost um, a few a couple weeks ago now to the Chiefs. But that's not a disgrace. The Ravens, I think the Ravens are damn good. Yeah, I think well, very well coached. So I'm going to leave them at three. Number two, Mackey's team, and the team that's going to put up probably 52 points on Sunday night against our Vikings. Vikings might hang 42. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to watch. The Seattle Seahawks, 4-0, and are number two. And number one, the Chiefs, 4-0. and Like, that Patriots game was close, and then it's like the Chiefs were like, this shouldn't be close now. They're <laughs> yeah. that good. So I go Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Bills, and Steelers are my top five. Wow. Packers, Buccaneers, Rams, Browns, and Colts. Love it. Love it. All right. Here's my 10, okay? 49ers have moved out. I, I would, I'll probably reserve a spot for them when the, once they get Jimmy Garoppolo back. But, like, who was, the, was it Nick Mullins who threw that ridiculous yes. pick to the linebacker? Couple, like, two of them. He had, he had horrible passes. And then Beathard came in and replaced yeah, him. Yeah, it was bad. Should bring back the quarterback cesspool challenge that no we used kidding. to do on, on Mackie and Judd. No, that's okay. Um, uh, also, <laughs> hard work. Cheap, cheap plug. Speaking of, you can find the all-new scorenorth.com. We just launched an all-new website, scorenorth.com, where you can find all the episodes of Purple Daily. You can find Mackie and Judd episodes, the scoop with Doogie for inside information about your favorite local sports teams, Royce Unchained, all of Judd's Vikings work and uh, written work on other teams. 
Here's my pigskin pegging order. Number 10, the Rams. Kind of the forgotten team in that division. They're off to a really good start, 3-1. and one. Their only loss is at Buffalo, in which they overcame like a like a three or four touchdown deficit at one point. And they, they barely lose that game by a field goal at the very end. Uh, otherwise, they've only allowed 17, 19, and 9 points defensively. And they've just got a plethora of different weapons for Jared Goff to, to throw to. So the Rams are number 10. Steelers, number 9. They haven't played in a while. I got the Colts in at number 8. Get this about the Colts offense helping my guy or Colts defense. I just so allowing not, your so guy, my guy Philip Rivers taking the pressure guy, off. Um, that defense has allowed fifty six points through four games. Woof! Yeah. So my guy Philip Rivers only has to score like Seahawks 17. will score fifty six on on the Vikings on Sunday night in one <laughs> yeah. game, four quarters. Number seven, they had to travel on game day this week. They were without Cam Newton, but the New England Patriots still put up a pesky fight against the Kansas City Chiefs. Had a couple bad calls go their way, but that game was a fight in the first half, and the Patriots have kind of shown, hey, Bill Belichick can coach a non-Tom Brady team, and Cam Newton is on a revenge tour, so when he comes back from COVID, the Patriots are a force. I got the Bills jumping to six. Need to see a little bit more before I put them on on the next level, but Josh Allen has busted out. Stefan Diggs, we already know how ridiculous he is, and they can play enough defense. That's the Buffalo Bills have gone from one of the most nondescript teams in the league for 20 years to being like the team to watch on red zone. So, oh, the Bills are on. This is great. Yeah. Josh Allen's going to run around for an hour and like yeah. find Stefan Diggs. All right, number five, Tampa Bay Buccaneers Ooh. and Tom Brady. Okay. You think that's low? Uh, Maybe a little low? I would have them lower. I'd have them lower. Okay. That's fair. That's fine. That's my ranking. That's Tom Brady. They're going to get better. They're going to That's why we all do the rankings. Number four. They're all different. Baltimore Ravens, number four. Yep. It's going to be tough, like, just getting the stench of that loss to the Chiefs out of the air. Like, they just look so inferior to the Chiefs. It's hard to, like, put them next to the Chiefs in the rankings. So I've got them fourth. Mm -hmm. I've got the Seahawks third. Mm -hmm. I've got the Chiefs second. Because I think the best team in the NFL right now, and, and I if this is true, I was dead wrong about this team going into the season. Oh, man. Is the Green Bay Packers, man. Like, wow. I know Better this than is, the Chiefs? And I get that this is Purple Daily. Oh, this is a Viking show. <laughs> but if, we, if we're being honest with ourselves, the Packers were without their two best wide receivers in that game. Yep. Aaron Rodgers found running backs and tight ends. 20 for 20 throwing to running if backs and tight the ends. Chiefs. 20 for 20 for four touchdowns. Yeah, if they play the Chiefs, what do you think happens? You, it's going to be a Do you think shootout. the Chiefs beat them? I think the Packers, the Packers beat, I think the Packers beat the Chiefs. The Packers? If that game happens wow. next week, I think the Packers beat the Chiefs. Whoa. I do. Oh. The, the Chiefs have looked a little rickety too, okay? Like, they, they were rickety against the Chargers. They are rickety against the Patriots. Mahomes. Well, the Chiefs are still the Mahomes better team to beat in the AFC. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> but here's the wild card. So the Packers... Since Mike McCarthy left, the Packers are what now? They were thirteen and three yep. in the regular season last year, and they're four and zero. So they are seventeen and three wow. post Mike McCarthy. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty amazing. So Matt Lafleur is doing a good job. Swept the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers is back. Games, his old right? tricks. Yes, yes. Swept so them last year, and then Packers, Chiefs, Seahawks, Ravens, Buccaneers, Bills, Patriots, Colts, Steelers, Rams. All right, Declan. Well, football. I'll start from 10 and work my way up. I'm going to go with the Steelers at number 10. Uh, Pittsburgh, even though they did not play, I still think is a very good team. I think they're better than the Titans, too, who they obviously did not play either. So I actually had the Titans off my list. I didn't really want to include teams that didn't play. So I'm going to put the Steelers at 10 as default. 
Uh, so they're number 10 for me. The Browns are number 9. Cleveland, after losing to Baltimore, has looked great. They have a lot of good weapons there. I still have some questions about Baker Mayfield, but in general, Kevin Stefanski looks like a genius in Cleveland, so they're number 9, man. Coach of the year right now. Uh, Mackey's Phillip Rivers, uh, Phillip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts is number 8 for me. Colts have been steadily, really quietly good. Like I, I did not expect them to be this good out the gate through the first four games, so they're number 8. Tampa Bay Bucks at number 7 with Tom Brady. Uh, yes, Tom threw a horrible pick 6, but vintage Tom at the end of the game and, and of course I, I I won't back off yet I won't back off yet I got I got talked off the ledge last week, week. I know you I sort of did last week you backed they off really last back week. in off the ledge it was fine uh, so the Buccaneers are, are number seven uh, the Rams at number six Jared Goff Sean McVay I, the Rams are back baby I mean they are they look just as good as they did two years ago and they're number six for me number five is the Ravens the Ravens fall down a little bit after their loss um, they have every right to go right back up in the top three but I just think the teams above them have played better to this point in the season. So number four is the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are killing it, and uh, I'm very impressed with what the Bills are doing. Number three is the Seattle Seahawks. Yes, the team that will probably uh, get into a shootout with the Vikings, even though they should come away with a victorious uh, victory. No fans in Seattle, which should help the Vikings, but regardless, Russell Wilson's playing out of his mind right now, and they're number three. And just like Phil Mackey, I have the Chiefs number two wow. and the Green Look Bay Packers guys. number one, baby. Whoa. I thought I was going to bring that take Whoa. to the table. Whoa. Let's change the name of the show to Green and Gold Daily, huh? Wow. I thought I was going to drop the hot take and then Phil comes in and, and, and lays it down. So now we're, just, we're hammering home, Lambeau baby. Field parking lot and do this show. Go, Pack, go! So, and I've been accused yeah. of being a Packer fan. Ladies and gentlemen, I had him sixth. From 10 through say. one. Steelers, Browns, Colts. Bucks, Rams, Ravens, Bills, Seahawks, Chiefs, Packers as your number Whoa. one team through four weeks. We haven't even been able to do Packer vent line this season. That's a good. Look at the you guys. Been. Remember that clip? I don't know if we can find it. Where Bill better. Michaels from the fan in Milwaukee, the Green and Gold post game show, where he called Aaron Rodgers a one hundred fifty million dollar paperweight last year. Oh, and Gary is like, no, Bill, no, Bill, Bill. no, Bill, no, Bill, Bill, don't you do it, Bill? Let me don't. see if I can find that real quick. Let's be worth it. I'm going to say it. No, I, I, that no, is the only downfall it. of them being 4-0 is, is I love me some Packer vent line. It's red hot, but it, it's 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 too bad. Yeah, and if they lose a game now, it's not going to be outlandish yet, right? Oh, no. Like, because they're still playing well. Exactly. Well, there's so, we have so many Packer yeah, vent lines. Yeah, I'm about to say, you, you, there's a lot oh my going God. down there. So We got no we got no street cred to be playing. No, not now, at all. I'd still like to hear but something. But they're good, man. Oh, God. Listen, nope. listen, listen. listen. Tyler tweets at Bill underscore Michaels. He says Aaron Rodgers didn't throw a single good pass on that last chance drive. Throwing into the turf or out of bounds, does Rodgers have a case of the yips? So we pulled that. We must have pulled that a few years ago before we hired Rami. Hilarious. (laughs) Why do we play it for him? I don't know. I'm I'm searching this for the first time. (laughs) Here you go. It's a question of uh, Rodgers maybe not being that football smart. It is not... (laughs) Uh, it is not smart yes. when you don't uh, take advantage of your checkdowns. Two checkdown passes, this could have been a great performance by Rodgers. I don't know if, it's, uh, if he needs a sports psychologist. <laughs> Seriously, because it's there. It's being talked about nationally that he's passing those open... Go, Pat, go! Love it. There's, there's so much more. Is Rodgers a better magician or is far all the interceptions that he threw? Because right now, with, with the way Rodgers stole the Green Bay's money at that hunt, that $200 million contract, that's what I call it. It's not right. Stole $200 million. Go, Pat, 
So Packer fans, remember the things you were saying about Aaron Rodgers up until this season when he had his breakout. Don't you do it, Bill. No, Bill. Don't you no, do take it. Take a no, step back. No, Bill. Bill, don't do it. Don't oh, do it. God. I know we have that one in here somewhere. Uh, we'll find it. We'll find it for tomorrow's episode or something. Those were the days, weren't they? They were. All right. No, well, you both got the Packers a top year. I know. Pecking what? orders. Let's just be honest. Packers are ridiculous this yeah. season. Uh, and the Vikings will get another shot in like three weeks Try at to them. Put peer pressure on me to move no, them no, no, up. No, it's no. not going to work. That's fine. It's not going to work. Do what you do. You. It's not going to work. You go I'm at your own you. pace. I'm going to be me. Go at your own pace. Kansas City Chiefs. That's a wrap on this episode of Purple Daily. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.